basketball fans everywhere appreciate you for joining me back live once again this is episode number geez where are we at 102 now i think it is of what we like to call the best the most entertaining the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast none other than tate's take so um i know i've been gone for a minute people are like where my boy been at you probably get a notification like this must be like happened by mistake or accident. I'm getting notifications dinging on my phone saying Deshaun's doing a podcast. I know he ain't did it in a while, but we just been trying to get some things um, tightened up. Let's just say some loose screws tightened up, iron out some wrinkles, year 2022, not just doing it just because, but make sure that we're going into things with a plan and, um, and not just trying to put stuff together and doing it just for the sake of. So trying to be as strategic as possible um and i'm really excited about today's um guest and episode especially because of the fact that um it's a new year and you know every time i'm kind of looking for some positivity amongst some other things i can always find some in my guests a very spiritual person a very religious person a very cool super dope super cool very loyal friend um hard worker in this business and i don't want to say too much while she's in the green room because i want to be able to say it to people's faces that's just the way that i like uh to do things so i first want to make sure i let everybody know thanks so much for coming out and being a part of um being a part of the program on today be sure to follow along on all social media platforms at takes take hoops t-a-t-e-s-t-a-k-e-h-o-o-p-s uh, streaming live on Twitter as well as on YouTube, on Facebook. I see y'all out there that's been asking for uh, this episode. Um, and just make sure that you go and just follow along on all platforms. Make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mama, tell your baby mama, tell your grandmama, tell everybody where they can find it. That's at Takes Take Hoops. And without further ado, let's go ahead and Try and stop running my mouth for the first time, says everybody, but I don't think there's a possibility that that can even happen. So let's go ahead and bring my girl on into the room. There she is. Perfect. I got it like right on time. Uh oh. Um, I'm so glad. Let me say this in, in introduction. Um, I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to bring her in because not only do I know I don't get nearly enough um you know uh women that come on as many as there is that i know that are in this business i try to be very particular about who it is but i don't want to bring them on before i bring her on so i'm very careful about that um and then just people of color in general and just people that i know values my passion yes um and um and what i bring you know to um you know my with the content that i provide and just basketball in general um and and nobody probably understands that more than the person who's been pretty much my neighbor throughout the entire time of us working together just about for so many years that's tanitra batiste color commentator i mean get ready because the the resume list is extremely long reporter sports anchor radio host also in-game analyst who we're especially going to be talking about today on hawk talk uh for the atlanta hawks that's uh tanitra batiste tanitra welcome to tate's take i'm so glad that you had the uh, opportunity to be a part of this and found some kind of space in your schedule to be able to join i don't know how you did it but i appreciate you for being here 
Yeah, thank you so much, Deshaun. It has been a crazy 24 hours, a crazy week, a crazy month to start 2022 off. So yeah, I appreciate you for just taking the space because of course you and I, we talk whether it's uh, by phone, in person, or through text just about every day. And so of course the first person I thought of and likewise was you like, oh my, like we, we got to talk about what is yeah. going on today for the Hawks. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's been, it has been very crazy. Just we start looking at some of the uh, uh, breaking news and just things that's just been alerting all day today and just talking about the NBA and mm -hmm. very busy time, knowing that there's some moves that needed to be made within yeah. the Atlanta Hawks organization, uh, within that franchise, within itself. And definitely want to get, Let's do this first before we even start really getting into the hawk stuff. I do have just one or two questions I do want to ask you because, you know, as as people of color that work in this business, we talk all the time. We have our own ways and thoughts and feelings towards a lot of different things. And I want to mm -hmm. really ask you because one thing that we do share is two being two people uh, that are people of color that work in this in the media business, but what we don't share and uh is is um mutually is the fact that you're a lady um <laughs> and with that being said lots have changed yes uh, over the course of the last 365 days plus what kind of impact or things have you seen um through your lens uh the way that this business and just some of the challenges do you kind of feel like some of the challenges and so forth have um, lessened uh, at all, or uh, is this just, I'm, I'm just so happy to see you in this space. And yeah. I know that it's not always easy. So I'm just kind of curious to know what kind of approach that you've been able to take and have had to take with everything that has gone on and working in this business as long as you have and the changes that have been made within it. Yeah, I, I will tell you, Deshaun, and, and two examples, maybe three, come to mind. Uh, for me, I believe that, yes, we have made some strides, which is great, made a lot of strides even in the last year, if you will, but we have so far to go in this industry. We have literally just scratched the surface of what we can do to evolve the industry as it relates to opening up opportunities for people of color, for women, just all points in between. So three thoughts that came to mind uh, for me when you posed that question. One was, of course, the news of the Yankees uh, hiring a female for manager for one of their affiliate teams, right? So that was exciting. I am a Yankees fan. I will admit that Yankees and Braves, don't get it twisted. Uh, long story of how that happened. We're not going to even go there today. But it made my soul smile. That's my favorite thing to say. When something makes my soul smile, that means that hits me deep because that tells me, hey, we're making a little stride there, if you will. So I was excited to hear about that. Another opportunity, which really was one for me, was just being able to cover the Celebration Bowl as one of the two side, national sideline reporters this past year. So my second year doing it, but the excitement was in that it was the first year I got to talk to a female commissioner of one of the major college uh, conferences in black college sports. So again, to have made that shift, if you asked me, Deshaun, when I started 
this journey with the Celebration Bowl in 2020, because of course uh, we didn't have one, or 2019, we didn't have one in 2020. If you had asked me if I had been would have been speaking to a female commissioner, I don't know if I would have told you the answer would have been yes, honestly. So we have made some strides. And then thirdly, same thing. If you had asked me maybe 2019, 2020, if I thought, even though there is the amazing Tiffany Green who does color commentary, play-by-play, sideline reporting, she does it all. But if you had asked me, hey, do you think you'll be doing color commentary for college football in 2021? Again, I don't know that the answer would have been yes. So there have definitely been some strides, but we do have still a long way to go. But this is a start, Deshaun. When you and I get seats at the table, then we know we're making some progress in the right direction. No doubt. And, and you know, it, it may have seen, seemed a little off a little bit. I know that I didn't really prep you for some of this, but I wanted to put on this platform because, you know, I, I think that especially for me, it's important with it being such a male dominated field. So women have to go through uh, definitely something a little bit different. I would imagine that, you know, most guys have to uh, working in such a male dominated field and so forth and just coming across so many women that are very bright and very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. And I know we've even had recent conversations with different people I've had about, you know, Becky Hammonds and maybe, you know, getting the job to be able to be the first uh, NBA coach in the history of, you know, of of the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a whole nother conversation, but uh, even more so the fact that I'm not sure that I know any women, we could definitely get into Hawks after this, but, I want to give you your flowers, especially with this too, because I'm not sure that I know another like in-game like uh, uh, analyst. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. on this level, that is a woman, um, and then there may be anybody else or overlook anybody else, but I'm not sure that I know anybody else. So when I'm at those games and I'm covering those games, or I'm going as a fan, or just whatever the case may be, and 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 I'm seeing on the big board. And it's not doing what most people typically see women do, which is, you know, help out with some of the, you know, have game thrown out the t-shirts and doing mm-hmm. some of the special events and, you know, different things during, you know, timeouts and so forth. This is actually breaking down the game yes. as an analyst. Yes. Um, and I want to give you your flowers on that, but uh, just want you to touch on that experience for those who are going to be able to attend and if they haven't already um been able to go to State Farm Arena and it'd be pregame or halftime of the Hawks game and here's some of your you know different takes and views and things that you see through your eyes which is always intriguing to me talk about what that experience has been like for you and just how that opportunity came about yeah one thing I will say all the time especially if you are in a marginalized group or a, a minority group you have to have an advocate you have to have someone who has a seat at the table who's willing to say hey have you ever thought about this person so I actually spoke to one of my advocates earlier today so I got to shout him uh, shout him out or uh, two of my advocates today in fact and a third so of course you and I met uh, several years ago at 929 the game and uh, both of us have served in the capacity of Hawks reporter for the station. But unfortunately, just working the morning show the last few years, I haven't been able to be that reporter. I could only cover one or two games, right? So anytime anyone came to me and said, hey, would you like to do something for the, they didn't even have to finish the sentence. 
If it was Hawks, the answer is always yes. So uh, Sean Thompson, who has just done a yeoman's job in, in really running day-to-day operations for 92.9, he was approached by the Hawks. One of our colleagues uh, was unable to do their pregame show, right? They, there's a digital pregame show that the Hawks do for every home game. And they said, hey, do you have anyone else that you would recommend? And he recommended me first. So let's start right there, Deshaun. Whomever was going to do it initially, which would have been the right person, shout out to my guy, Andy Bunker, uh, but he wasn't able to. I was the person that Sean came up with first. That for me was very powerful because again, a lot of times that female is not the first or quote unquote logical answer or choice, but the Hawks shout out to them for saying, okay, cool. So their digital host for that pregame show, who by the way is a female, she and I were able to get together. And one of the first pieces of feedback she got was, wow, great chemistry. I could tell that uh, Tanitra was prepared and we want her back. So went back a couple other times, even did the same thing for their draft party, for the Hawks draft party, and then got a call about this position from Donnie Frazier and Joe Abercrombie over at the Hawks. And again, just them having a seat at the table and believing that I could actually do this job that didn't exist for them before this year was amazing. And just to get constant feedback from them that they can tell I'm prepared, I'm studying. You and I talk all the time. We'll watch film, we'll watch tape, we'll run stuff back and say, okay, Deshaun, this is what I saw. What do you see? Because it's important for me to let fans know that I take this seriously, that I know they're walking into the arena looking to know what are the keys to the game for the Hawks to win this tonight? Or if we get to halftime, what's the keys to them finishing this thing out or what do they need to do to kind of climb the mountain, if you will. So take it very seriously, because like you said, I want people to know that I am a student and I'm going to be a life student of the game because the game is ever evolving and it's just exciting to be able to talk ball and I could do it all day. I absolutely love this. That's why you and I talk so, so very much. And it's just a great opportunity that I have and some other things that are brewing as well have an opportunity and have had an opportunity to do some things with the Skyhawks. So even being able to touch the G League, because as we know, just that developmental piece and watching Mm -hmm. those guys evolve their game is just as important so that when they do come up, when they're they're called up by the NBA franchise, I already have that backstory because I've gone down to College Park and I've watched them grow. So it's just been an exciting time. I mean, just again, if, if we would have had this conversation even six months ago, I probably would have chuckled and said, what are you talking about, Deshaun? And game answers for the Hawks, what? And now here we are. I know, I know. And it couldn't have happened for a better person. You just talk about being a student of the game and, um, you know, just respecting the game and yes. just, you know, sitting under the teaching of people always kind of picking brains and wanting mm-hmm. to know, you know, not being a know-it-all and just always knowing that there's something else that you can learn. And like you yes. said, it's always evolving and just – all those things obviously playing a, a really big part and nobody's a bigger fan um, of, you know, the work that you're doing um, than I am, you know, just yeah. seeing the Same. way that you have grown. And I really, yeah. really mean that. Not just saying we're on here, but I tell you all the time, I all text time. messages, I can't see every single thing, but in uh, as much of a capacity as I can, you're always doing a great job. And so I definitely want to let you know that it's a pleasure to be able to have the friendship um, that we have, yes. uh, but in addition to that, to be able to see the growth um, yeah. that you know you you have been able to put on display, 
I think it's just it's it's amazing. And so I'm always the person, whether I'm physically at games or not, that's over there in the yeah. corner, like that's my girl. So I'm yeah. always really happy to see that that uh things are coming to fruition for you and your career and that you're definitely blossoming. And speaking of blossoming, that's something that this team is gonna kind of look forward to do yeah. as they are it hasn't really been as we transition a little bit now. Um, and speaking of transitioning, it hasn't really been the kind of year following up a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's mm -hmm. ideal for the Atlanta Hawks, which I think is somewhere right around 12th place in the East. Yes. Um, and it just has been a really bumpy road for this team. And the news coming down on today where the Atlanta Hawks obviously deal Cam, Cam Reddish to the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. uh for for kevin knox and uh yes. and for a protected pick mm -hmm. uh, as long as it's within the, the top 18 for the upcoming draft in june yes give me first before anything uh what was your initial reaction like is this something that you kind of saw coming how shocking maybe how surprising um that it was and did you expect it to maybe happen this early or late um, and just kind of curious uh, to know just what sparked your brain when you first saw the news that came about earlier earlier today. My mind went back to last offseason first. And you and I talked throughout the offseason about what the Hawks were going to do and what kind of moves they were going to make. And for me, the Hawks didn't make any big splash moves. They made some moves. We know, of course, they acquired DeLon Wright, Gorgie Jang. So there were some moves and putting some pieces in place, but the offseason was a little bit quieter for, from the Hawks than I thought it was going to be, uh, if we're being honest. But I thought, okay, that to me signals Travis Schlink and company, the GM, really is confident that they have enough of the core to be able to contend in the East and at least get back to where they were, which was the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Felt like with your core group of your Trey Young, John Collins, whom they uh, decided to uh, bring back and give the contract to, and even Trey Young getting the extended contract, you look at Bogdan Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, and of course, a, a healthy DeAndre Hunter, and you're thinking, okay, they're fine with that core. And even with some of those pieces that they put in place, and even bringing back Lou Will on a one-year contract, they feel like they've got the, the second unit in place to get them to where they want to be. But I was always wondering in the back of my mind, but what about? And Cam Reddish was always on the what about list for me, right? Is he going to be that player who can even contend and compete for a starting position or to be in that starting rotation on a regular basis? Is his body going to allow him to do it? Is his growth. And you called it out with me in, in a good way in terms of the maturation, right? You have the basketball IQ. Is your basketball IQ evolving enough in addition to what your game is actually going to produce on the court to give the Hawks what they need? It was always a question for me from day one on him. So funny you should ask the question of whether or not I was shocked. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine last week and he was asking, you know, what are the Hawks going to do? And I said, well, I said that trade deadline is approaching. I said, so I think they're going to make a move. And Travis Schlink has alluded to it. You know, he comes on the station weekly and the last three weeks has been fire. And he has basically said that he has an expectation of what this team is supposed to be. They're not meeting that expectation and there may have to be some things done. So we kind of already had a foreshadowing that this was coming. And then mm -hmm. last night, 
as I was preparing and you and I talking and texting back and forth the last, say, 48 hours as we're getting ready uh, to do pregame and and halftime for for Hawks Heat. And something hit me in the pregame as I was preparing. And I said, you know, I don't think Travis Link is waiting until February 10th or February 9th or anywhere close to it. Travis Link might make. And after the third quarter of last night, I literally said to myself, is he going to even get through the rest? Are we getting through the rest of this week without a move? And here we are. So no, not shocked about the move and also not shocked about the piece because when you look across the space of who the Hawks have and the, the most valuable piece, if you will, and the movable piece, it was pretty much always going to be Cam. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it, it appeared that way um, after so much time because he's definitely, at least I feel like one guy that, um, you know, you ask yourself, do you ever get tired of seeing flashes and flashes yes. only? Yes. Like, is that, and that's is ever going to be exactly like, is that, is there all, is that all you're ever going to be able to get? Is that all you're ever going to see? It's not like you didn't give it the time. Um, you know, you, you talking about, you know, what, two and a half, three years, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much longer do you give somebody? And then you've got so many wings between Herder, who you just paid and then Hunter, yeah. who definitely gives you the production when he's healthy. Yes. But at least you know what you're getting from him when he's healthy, even though Agreed. he's not always healthy. But when it comes to Cam Reddish, he's also a guy that's a lot of times mm-hmm. not healthy. Yeah. But when he is healthy, you still don't know what you're going to get. So it almost kind of makes sense, especially from a standpoint of three guys that are kind of linked together. Yes. Um, and going to be looking to get paid uh, at some point. And so yeah. uh, with that being said, there's been some other question marks about him, many of them coming into the NBA and mm-hmm. still appear to exist, if yes. not anything else on the surface level. Uh, but he did come in, you know, during some some very key possessions and stretches oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. of some games, especially last season mm-hmm. uh, on the t- on the back end. And this just seemed like the most ideal time to still get value for this player while you still can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I, I want to um, ask you about this in terms of um you know as this team gets ready to move forward uh you know last night we saw first night back in quite a little while for a player like a deandre hunter yes um who just in all intents and purposes you ask a lot of people this might be the second best player uh on the team talk a little bit about just the energy of being in the arena on yesterday hunters coming back what kind of ovation what kind of uh, I guess optimism and positivity, that vibe, that energy, that feel that you uh, may have felt in the arena on yesterday when he had the opportunity to take the floor and how productive you felt like he was from what you were able to see. Yeah, absolutely. Social media, first of all, was a buzz two days ago because he started practicing five on fives. And mm-hmm. we'd kind of gotten some hints again from Travis Schlink that he was coming back, he was coming back, right? And so just to kind of, you know, make a little joke about it. I won a DeAndre Hunter. That was like my, you know, sort of gift at one of our uh, parties for the Hawks, right? So I was all excited, like, man, I'm holding my DeAndre Hunter jersey out until that day, right? So I was over the, like, 
everybody can tell you whether it's at the station, whether it's with the Hawks, et cetera. I have been talking about the return of Dre for weeks now because I feel like, and if I could just piggyback on something you just said, but kind of spin it a little bit sure. to me, Trey Young is the best player. Dre Hunter is the most necessary. So, and I, I think there's a difference there because I take nothing away from the fact that Trey Young is not only the best player for the Hawks, but Trey Young is one of the best in the league completely. But there's this other space where your most necessary player is. That's the player that pulls it all together and gives you everything you need and kind of plugs in all the spaces and all the pieces. So you have really hit on it and I want to go back to it so that we don't just smooth over it, right? Sure. When Clint, when the injury report came out that Clint Capella was doubtful, essentially, which really told us, hey, he's probably not going to play against the Heat last night and, and we're now finding out he's He's uh, basically out for tomorrow night as well. And Gorgie Jenks just coming back from health and safety protocols had just gotten the clearance yesterday. My first thought was, but you got Dre. So mm -hmm. if nothing else, if you're going against the Heat, one of the top three-point making teams in the league, at least mm -hmm. you have your elite wing defender back. Mm -hmm. So that gives you what you need on the outside. But quietly, and the stats don't always tell it for Dre, quietly, Dre disrupts in the paint as well, right? And he disrupts if you are a mid-range shooter, he's coming for you. And so everything that we saw and even the first seven or eight minutes that he was out there, he was establishing himself all across the court as a defender, but then after affecting just about every play, he's right back there uh, in, in transition waiting to make sure you understand that he's also ready to to impose his will offensively, which again, Deshaun, we saw more shades of that at the beginning of this season than you know any of the other seasons that we had really seen, Dre. And so that's what I love about him. The fact that he is the, the, the two-way player that he is arguably the best two-way player on the team. And I think that's what he brings to the table. Yes, the stat line tells the story a lot for what DeAndre Hunter does for the Hawks, but I think in so many ways, like I just gave the example of what I thought about last night, so many ways, and, and you and I talked about this, we talked about even the mid-range jumper and how that's an underrated weapon or uh, an underappreciated weapon for the Hawks as it relates to Kev Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, but low key, that's something that Dre has improved as well on his his shooting touch. So, yeah, I just saw a lot from him even last night that said to me, that's the wing. He's the wing that they need the most. And again, taking nothing away from Cam because he has evolved and he has improved as well in certain areas. But it's the consistency that you get from DeAndre Hunter that makes him arguably, like I said, Trey's the best player. But Dre, I believe arguably would be the most important player for the Hawks. And if they could just kind of find a way to keep DeAndre Hunter off the IR, I think that would just obviously be amazing. And that's just kind of yeah. been the Achilles heel of the Hawks in general mm -hmm. uh, with many of their pieces on the roster is just that they just haven't been healthy. I mean, it's yeah. not a surprise to people within, you know, Atlanta or the, you know, in this market yeah. of how well they did in the playoffs yesterday, because number one, they were never coming on TV. So people were getting a chance to see them, but right. even more so they were never able to put it together because so many of the guys that they acquired and had already had um, were all hurt at different times and things right. like that. So you never got a chance to see what they look like. And then obviously they all got relatively healthy at the right time, yes. which is what kind of catapulted them to be able to kind of make a run. 
um, yeah. onto the Eastern Conference Finals. Got my girl Tanitra Batiste up in this thing, man. Episode number 102. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Um, color commentator, uh, host, sports anchor, in-game analyst for the Atlanta Hawks, Tanitra Batiste, that is. And you can just kind of see my dude, Eddie Powell, kind of tapping in with us. Uh, yeah. Uh, just kind of rooting on Tanitra as well and just, you know, killing it at State Farm like she always does. None of that is surprising uh, in, in, uh, in my estimation. And so when we're talking about this deal and obviously talking about the Atlanta Hawks as well, um, the, and, and just, you know, listen to some of the stuff you, that you're saying. It's like, it's so true because DeAndre yeah. Hunter is probably the best player on the team with the most balance between offense and defensive productivity and, and contribution of what he yes. brings to this team. Yes. Uh, and so that's where you definitely want to give him some, some credit for that and seeing how big of a piece that he is and how meaningful he is mm -hmm. to the team. Um, another piece I want to ask you about, because I don't want to get away from this little part. We have to address these things here on the program because we don't, we don't tap dance. We don't, you know, tiptoe, walk on eggshells and walk on pins and needles. We address them. And we yeah. bring them to the forefront, lay it all out on the table. Uh, obvious reports in this. I don't think that this is necessarily the first time that, you know, John Collins has been mm -hmm. um, in the news about something in terms of uh, feeling a way about the way that the team is playing or that the game is being played, the way that the team is playing, how they're constructing their offenses. I think mm -hmm. the first time I heard something about, you know, the ball maybe not getting, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, yes. um, but, the, you know, leading into a dust-up with Trey in a film session. And then, of mm -hmm. course, uh, most recently, earlier this week, um, you know, I'm definitely following up some of his comments um, about expressing his frustrations about the team. Uh, but and we know that Trey has done the same thing, especially on the defensive side of the ball, too. Uh, yeah. But, you know, John definitely followed up his comments with saying, I definitely want to be in Atlanta. This is where I want to yeah. be. It's not even close. Right. Um, it's just not to me, it's just not sending a good vibe or message. I don't think it's a lose lose situation for someone like John. Yeah, because it's because of who John is on this team and not that he's the most consistent player in the world either. Right. Um, but definitely a piece that they need. I, I personally wish that John was the guy that protected the rim a little bit more than he does. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, he's, while I don't believe that he's one of the more skilled players in the league, he mm -hmm. definitely being on the recipient end of, um, a lot of lobs from Trey developed an outside jumper, uh, which yes. I think has really, you know, helped this team and helped his game. But even more so, this isn't a Hawks team that has any little bit of success without him on it either. Yeah. And so you definitely got to give him some credit from who mm -hmm. I thought that he would be coming into the NBA and onto this team and who he's become a yeah. fringe all-star essentially. Yes. I can do nothing but give the flowers. But the reality is that this big red target, the elephant is still in the room. The comments yes. were still made. Um, what are your overall thoughts about his comments? Mm -hmm. How long do you anticipate or do you, I shouldn't say that, I guess I should phrase it as, do you anticipate John remaining a hawk? Um, for the foreseeable future, if things kind of keep 
on this downward trajectory for this team because I don't think it's a secret to Nietzsche. And I know mm-hmm. I'm over talking, but I'm, and I don't want to throw too much at you, but it's not a secret. His game is in so many different conversations on the regular, maybe about the packaging up for Ben Simmons, or maybe I'm about being packaged up for someone else or going over yeah. to Dallas. And you just got your 125 million right, as right. well. I just want to get your overall thoughts on some of those things that I mentioned when it comes to John Collins, because I love him as a yeah. person. I want to yeah. like him more than I do, but some of those inconsistencies are still there and rim protection is one of them. I would agree with that. There's not much that you said that I don't agree with. First of all, and and I want to be careful because I don't want it to seem like we're predicating everything on $125 million, but we are predicating some things on $125 million because my expectation of you is that if you are getting that kind of compensation, but I'm looking at Dre Hunter as the most important player, not again, not the best player, but I'm looking at DeAndre Hunter as the most important player. Why am I potentially looking at DeAndre Hunter as the the next, the second best, if you will, or the most important or impactful player on that roster? Now, I don't think the answer is a simple one. I think it's very nuanced. When the Hawks decided to give John Collins that deal, I remember saying I wasn't necessarily in agreement with the deal, but I kind of understood the deal. But what I more important for me was what could Nate McMillan do with John Collins in terms of elevating and evolving his game if he had a full season with him? So the verdict for me is still out because we're not even halfway through the season. And Nate McMillan has had so many fires to put out from the COVID protocol fires to the injury fires that just won't quit. It's just been bedlam. For him. So for me, it's still a very incomplete grade. It's still something that I can't quite fully assess without taking those outliers into consideration. And yes, I know other teams have injuries, but my God, it feels like once again, the Hawks are being decimated. Yes, other teams have had protocol issues, but has a whole team gone into the protocols quite like the Hawks? Not really. So when I look at those bits and pieces, John Collins included, having, you know, stayed quite an extended period of time in the protocols, I do give a little bit of kind of putting an asterisk there, but I'm also going to come back and circle back to saying we need more than just one guy to be elite level two way. Mm-hmm. That That's what the Hawks need. They just, they need more. We always know that Trey is going to give you offensive firepower when he's completely healthy. And right now I think he's a little more banged up than we even realize. So offensively, he's going to give it to you. Same thing. If Clint Capella is even at 85%, let alone hundred percent, he's going to give you all that you're asking for defensively. So then that leaves two, three and four. So what are we getting out of two, three and four that is elite level or two way to round that round this out. And so far we've seen, What's our word? Shades. We've seen flashes. We Mm -hmm. haven't seen it consistently. Again, some of that is maybe Nate having the opportunity to figure out once and for all how to fit John Collins into schemes and, and just putting him in the right places to be able to make plays on offense. But defensively, you put yourself in those positions. You have to be in the right place at the right time on the court on a consistent basis and really impose your will. Because think about it, Deshaun, when we see John Collins impose his will around the rim, when he's not allowing players to finish at the rim, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. 
It's it a is. beautiful thing when we see JC bring all that anger and all that passion mm-hmm. and all that dog. Yeah. I, it, 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 he, it, it's unreal. It's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde situation, right? But there are 82 games in the season. At a minimum, I need to see that 70 games, assuming you, you got 10 or 12 that you won't play because of injury, COVID, or what have you. That's what I need to see from John. So I will even take back something I said two or three weeks ago because we were having this debate on the morning show with, with John Fricky and Hugh Douglas about who was untouchable. And they said, basically, besides Trey Young, nobody's untouchable. And I was like, well, I kind of don't feel like Dre, you know, I feel like Dre might be in the untouchable space. John Collins, Kevin Herter, I mean, you just signed them to deals. So, you know, I felt like maybe they were untouchable. But Deshaun, that was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, We're now 17 and 23 and on the outside of a play-in spot at this point. Yes, Mm -hmm. I do realize that there is more than half a season, but when you start looking at head-to-head competition and head-to-head matchups and how that could impact if there are ties at the end of the season, we're also on the wrong side of that. So Mm -hmm. that's when it starts to, and again, not panicking, just saying that's when it starts to become a bit of a concern. But I love what Travis Schlink said as well. And we always talk about trusting in the Schlink. You look at him making a comment about what Alex Anthopoulos did with the Braves, making some major moves, making some moves, saying we're not tanking. We're going to actually try to go after this and then coming up with a World Series with a pennant. Mm -hmm. So to me, that spoke to, wait a minute. Maybe, and again, not singling out John Collins at all, just saying in general, everybody needs to step up their game because maybe Trey Young is the only untouchable. And Travis Schlink, if he sees, especially a wing defender, or if he sees someone out there, or even I know they've got DeLon right, they've got Lou Will, but if he even sees maybe somebody else who can be maybe in that guard forward space who could, you know, back up Trey when needed, but could also swing to the two, three, or even the four when needed, I, I, I believe I'm going to slightly revise my statement of whatever Travis Schlink needs to Travis Link needs to do to get this team back in contention at this point, I would not be shocked. I know. I'm glad that you said that Tanisha Boo, because there's so many other things that I wanted to wear places that I wanted to go. And I know we're literally getting ready to be up against it. So I just have one or two more questions for you. And I, I wanted to jump around and get into some of my personal feelings about what I, all of this, whether it be about Dre, whether it be about, you know, uh, you know, um, um, you know, triple, uh, I mean, sorry, double C, Clint Capella, and of course, John, and all of that. And I don't want this to turn into a bashing show by yeah, John, no, by any stretch of the imagination. No, but when you mentioned somebody that can be moved, because we know how Travis Link loves to draft and the players that he loves to go after, guys that can be plugged and play yes. at multiple positions that can do different things. Yes. The question marks at the two, the three, and the four spot that you have. My wheels are spinning. You could probably read it through the expression on my face. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. talking about it at this point. It kind of sounds like that's one player that I can think of. Okay. Um, I don't want to be the person to say it. You know, I'm just curious of what you think of it. If not this particular player whose initials begin with BS, <laughs> and it sounds very fitting probably, 
But, but, <laughs> but, is that the type? Is Benjamin the type of player they need? Is that, how do you think that a player like him fits with this team? What are some of your concerns? What are, do you have, um, do, do, do you believe that it could work? What would that take? And even if we can get away from that, after you answer that just for a quick second, who would be the ideal either A, player that you have in mind, or B, type of player that this team needs to be able to pull things back together? Because the reality is that I believe that this is a team that's also hurting because you won't surprise anybody in year two. Nobody's yes. coming into Atlanta to go out, have fun, party, go to Magic City, eat lemon pepper, Lou wings, hang out all night. By the way, we have a game tomorrow. Right. Teams are starting to take them more serious yes. and circling them and highlighting them on their calendar. You're not going to shock anybody the next year. And this yeah. is a team who's never had to deal, as young as they still are, mm -hmm. never had to deal with uh, a post-year success or success in the following year after it. This is their very yes. first time experiencing that as such a young group. Right. So with that, what do you think about Benjamin? I'll call him Benjamin now. What do you feel about Benjamin in a Hawk uniform? How much of that have you been hearing? And who is the type of player or player that you can, by name, that you would like to see for what you feel like they need in order to start trending in the right direction again? Yeah, so I'm going to go with not feeling it okay. at all. I, I, okay. I don't see where the uptick is for him. If I look at the starting two, three, four, and I look at what Bogdan Bogdanovich does, and, and I'm going back to definitely uh, deep in the playoffs last postseason and a little bit of shades of what he was before he got injured this season, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'm looking, so I'm looking at the two, I'm looking at the three, I'm looking at the four, I'm looking at what DeAndre Hunter brings to the table when healthy. And hopefully he can through the rest of this season, right? And I look at what John Collins brings, even with the up and down, and maybe we, you know, we haven't quite gotten Matt O.C., I'm trying to see where Ben Simmons brings something to the table that's going to be exponentially better than what the Hawks have right now. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. I know that he has shades of being an elite defender, but so does DeAndre Hunter. And when John Collins is at his best, so does John Collins. And I would say Bogdan Bogdanovich probably doesn't get enough credit for being we'll call it solid or, or an adequate, you will. So if you already have players and harder, yep. And I was just about to say, and not only hurt her, I was even going to bring into the conversation and I'm surprised you and I are just now getting to Onyeka Okongu. Yes. But you know, when I think about Kevin Herter and I think about Onyeka Okongu and I know the verdict is way, way out with a Jalen Johnson or a Sharif Cooper, but at least the verdict is way, way out on them. And they're just midway through their first year out of the draft. Right. So let's just talk about double O and let's just talk about Kayvon. When you look at all of those names that we've just thrown out there, tell me what Ben Simmons brings to the table is exponentially good enough to accommodate what the Sixers will probably ask for. Because remember, they don't have any trade partners. They haven't had any trade partners so far that they thought were bringing enough to the table that they'd be willing to part ways with Vincent. That person doesn't even exist. Tanisha, let me just no, say something real like, quick. At all. Unless, unless you can put 
Jesus Christ himself. Right. And I say this facetiously, but I almost feel like I'm only halfway kidding for what they're asking. Right. If you can put Jesus Christ himself in a hawk tree, that that might, I don't, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe good enough. I do not feel like, especially because if we go back to the trade for today in terms of sending Cam Reddish to the Knicks and also Solomon Hill, we we didn't, you know, we, we haven't talked a lot about that piece as well in terms of one thing that I will kind of go generic on, and that's answering the question about who would be that fit or what type of player would be that fit. So don't let us wrap up without circling back to that because I think it's an important question that you ask but when I look at the space I'm thinking to myself okay for what the Sixers are asking for and what the Hawks would have to literally give away like I mean how many Hawks are we going to have to package to get Ben Simmons do we do we have enough Hawks to package to get Ben Simmons and if so would it be worth packaging all of those players I'm, I'm literally thinking to myself, what are we supposed to give away Bogey and Dre and Double O and Kayvon? I mean, and even Gallo. I mean, how many are we going to give? Because, you know, Gallo is a part of that conversation as well about the possibility of pa- packaging him with someone. I honestly thought I was kind of uh, now that one was a little bit of a shocker. I was wondering if maybe there would have been a Cam Reddish Gallo package that someone would have asked for, if you will. But again, going back to what do you have to give away to get Ben Simmons and will it be worth it? The other piece there for me as well, which I think is underrated, in addition to looking at the stats for Ben Simmons, you look at the basketball IQ and you look at the dog. And what am I talking about when I say dog? There has to, I saw my boy Dwayne Devin last night, right? Who's with the heat now. But he was, when you and I were covering the Hawks, you know, Deadman was one who just had that dog in him, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Damari Carroll was another one who had that mm-hmm. dog in him. You need that kind of guy. So mm-hmm. if I had to say a type of guy, I want them to go out and get that dog because Trey has it naturally because because mm-hmm. Trey is just a killer, right? But you kind of need more than one killer on your team. Just like we talk about having the big three. Some teams even have a big four, if you will. That's the type of player. Ben Simmons doesn't have that in him. So mm-hmm. what I would like to see is the type of player who has some some two way something going mm-hmm. on with mm-hmm. with what they bring to the table. Because they, th- there you go. So mm-hmm. I I want a, an elite defender who who can score. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might say, well, well, God, that's asking for a lot. Well, for a team that's looking to at least get back to the Eastern Conference Finals or get over the hump and be able to contend with the likes of the Bucks and the Nets mm-hmm. and heck this year contend with the Bulls and the heat and I can just go you know on and on on how the eastern conference seemingly at the top has kind of taken it up a notch you want that guy you need an elite defender who also has the ability to score who has the ability you know to finish who has the ability to at times create you know his own shot but I want that intangible like I want that guy who is going to be like you're not coming in our house and not doing and doing what you want to do Right. You're not Mm going to impose your will in our house. And when we come to your house, we're going to impose ours. Mm -hmm. That's the guy that I feel like if I take away the obvious in terms of the technical skills on the court, I want that edge. Mm -hmm. I want that guy to know you're not about to push the Hawks around because this Mm -hmm. is a different brand of Hawks basketball. Right. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I say this in the sense of, in the nicest way possible, people probably say you shouldn't say it, but it's my platform, I'm gonna say it, you know? There's some, you know, instances where I feel like, and I hope people know what I'm saying by what I'm saying, hopefully reading between the lines, but you know, when you're looking for that player with that edge, that dog, that grit, that glue guy, yes. that, yes. you know, that, 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 whether it be a Marcus Smart type or a Draymond Green or whatever, the yeah. player that everybody hates yes. playing against, but loves playing with. Yes. It almost sometimes kind of has the feel to me like the Hawks have too many players on their team that come from two parent households. Now, people say you shouldn't say that. I understand. <laughs> but I know I what you mean. I, no, people no, I know what you mean. You shouldn't say that. And that doesn't mean if you do come from two parent households right. that you can't be this over here. Not yeah. what I mean. But you got to have exactly what you said. Somebody that's going to impose that will. Somebody that has, has, has been around the block a little bit. Yes. You know, somebody that's not afraid to get a little dirt under their nails, get their hands dirty a little bit. Somebody that, you know, when there's a scuffle coming or whatever, somebody's going to stand in the way and say, that's my point guard. Yep. You got to go through me go. first to get, before yes. you're going to, you know, yes. those types of players. Yes. So as long as we're, I, I think we're on the. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And, and that person who is willing to back, who can back it up with his play, right? That's who we want. That person who can indeed, but I will stand up to say I, I I hope that I didn't ruffle any feathers. But no, no. Um, and, and I know what you mean. I, I know that's one of our kind of urban dictionary <laughs> jokes, if you will. But yeah. what you're saying is a person who is not afraid to really like speak on it. I, I saw this uh, this article today that talked about you know the best trash talkers in the NBA. And, you know, Trey's got a little edge to him, right? He got a little edge. Yeah, because it's light skin, it. light skin, but we got oh, yeah, we got some yeah. edge to listen. Y'all gonna right. get enough of calling us. Listen, y'all gonna yeah. get enough of calling us sensitive. All right? Yeah, we no, not that. It. No. he's got he's got some edge to him because I have said from day one, uh, as you know, the Luca Doncic, Trey Young trade rages on. Who who got the better deal? Both cities won because Luca fits Dallas. Trey fits Atlanta. It all works. It it works. And and Clint Capella, I take nothing away from him because he's got quiet dog in him, right? Clint's not going to say too much. They're going to trash talk you too much, but he's going to make sure that guy doing all the dirty work. So he actually kind of reminds me a little bit of a Carol, if you will. I'm just going to quietly do the dirty work. But I do think you may need another guy or two who has the dog and the edge night in, night out, because we see shades of it from different mm -hmm. players on uh, the Hawk squad, but that's the kind of guy I want. Oh, and Deshaun, another thought that came to mind is it would be great if we could have, I would call it a young veteran, right? Maybe who's right in that five, six, seven year range who has found his stride, who worked all the kinks out of his game, but has a lot of runway ahead of him. Would almost, love to see. Almost kind of gives me a feel of like a keep a close eye on this guy, Mitchell Robinson. Keep a close eye on him. Highly energetic. Yep. Um, has been around for a little bit, maybe not an extremely long time. Yes. But yes. been around somewhere close to about a handful of years almost. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 just a no nonsense, zero tolerance. Yes. Um, and a guy that's gonna protect the rim, mm -hmm. can finish lobs. Uh yes. I mean, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I kind of like that idea. We'll have to get back into that one. Um, yeah, because there, mm-hmm. there are a number of ways that that can go. So that's why I was a little hesitant about giving a name because offline, it's it's interesting because depending on whose take you you and no no pun intended takes take, but depending on whose take you kind of listen to, some would say, oh, you know, the the Hawks were heavy at the wing position. But if you look on that roster, you could make the argument that they're kind of heavy at the guard spot too now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously several of those players can swing in either position, but I'm interested to see, because we talk about this all the time, the, a DeLon Wright and a Lou Will, those are your options to trade, right? What I loved about Lou, and I was excited that they brought him back the extra year was that veteran presence. Mm-hmm. and being able to stabilize the second unit. And I do think that that might be an underrated piece that you needed in that backup uh, guard position. So I liked that. DeLon Wright, I'm going to need to see more of what we saw him do when the Hawks play the Kings. So mm-hmm. if, if I can get that DeLon Wright on a regular basis, fine, we're good. But assuming that we may not get that DeLon Wright on a regular basis, then there may be a possibility that as we talk about, you know, what Travis Schlink's moves look like, he may be considering that piece as well, because like I said, Trey has been phenomenal this season, but he's a little banged up already. Like he took a really, really big hit. And, you know, that back contusion last week, I think is bothering him. I saw him with the, the ice packs on his knees in the first quarter last night, early in the first quarter, he had to get a sub in. So you look at that as well because you want him for the, you want the best tray for the long haul. Long haul. Yeah, in case you are able to put something together on the backside of the season and potentially go deep into the postseason. So still a lot of moving parts to Sean, a lot of yes, question marks and yes, a really a lot of opportunity, I'm gonna call it, mm-hmm. for Nate McMillan to really reset things. But that's another thing. We talk about X factors on the court. He's still my X factor off the court because what Nate was able to do last year, I do believe that there is an opportunity for him to do the same and write the ship this year. It's just a matter of can Travis Link, are there enough pieces that he can bring to the table, enough bargaining chips to go out there and find that right piece now that you have that roster spot that's open and whether or not you get somebody who is able to, obviously you want to win now. So you get that person who can win now, but I'd love to see somebody who could get us in position to win now, but even put us in position to keep doing this down the road. Because like I said, I think that the Eastern Conference, the top portion of the Eastern Conference, it surprised a lot of people Mm -hmm. just how good some teams have gotten so quickly. And the Hawks want to be in that conversation. Hawks want to be back in that conversation. A lot of basketball left to be played. It wouldn't surprise me to see this team look so much better on the second half of the season after the Agreed. All-Star break. That's typically what they've done when Trey Young was coming in, being very young, didn't look great in the first season. I'm sorry, first half, mm-hmm. looked good in the second half. Everybody kind of went through that same kind of a spell. Cam Reddish did the same thing. Yes. Um, I think everybody, like these teams, just whatever it is, the Hawks teams, 
have just looked so much better on the second half of a season for the last X amount of years than they have in the first, including some of the players and so forth. And the, a lot of it is credit to Trevor Schlink and some of the moves that they made. So much of it still remains to be seen. And as we kind of keep our uh, eyes and ears glued mm -hmm. close to what the Atlanta Hawks are going to do in the coming days, weeks, months yes. leading into the postseason and so forth we definitely want to keep ourselves posted and follow Tanitra at Tanitra Batiste you see it there at the bottom on the ticker um catch you on IG on Twitter at Tanitra Batiste um gonna be you know de definitely tweeting different things out and just being active and so forth and just um you know I I just I I I love the the mentality and the spirit that she has, uh, and I always have, and uh, really happy to see the things that she's doing. If you haven't had a chance to get down there to State Farm Arena, get yeah. there early. She's doing her pregame thing. Stick around at the half. Don't wander off until the, you know, go, going to get the hot dog and everything. Right, else. right. Stay in your seat at least until she's done doing her thing because it is definitely a grand time, and I think that you would definitely be able to uh, enjoy some of the in-depth analysis that she's able to give in just a very small window and short period of time to support my girl in doing her thing. Again, Tanitra Batiste, color commentator, reporter, sports anchor, ra show, radio show host, doing some of her own stuff uh, personally on, on, on her own platforms and so forth. In-game analyst for the Atlanta Hawks. Tanitra, I appreciate you for coming on um i can't tell you just how proud of you that i am trying not to get long-winded but it's impossible i just really wanted to simmer <laughs> well, we as much as possible yeah. um you know and, and and just simmer in um with just how proud i am of you on just the opportunities that you've gotten just us sitting next to each other and just trying to blossom and grow together yes. in this business and the opportunity has come your way is more than deserved actually they're super late and delayed but you know we, we're all working on god's time and uh when yes. his timing is the most important thing so Absolutely. uh closing remarks feel free um before we get ready to disconnect this portion of the show yeah yeah I, going back to the trade today you know my, my thought on it is sometimes we want to give a quick grade right to me incomplete is the grade here. I, I want to really see what Travis Link is going to do with this because I don't think this is the I end like of that. this deal. Yeah. I like that. So I, I would love for you for you and I, and I know we will, whether it's offline or online, to come back and talk about this because I really feel like this was a leveraging tool for him. This is mm -hmm. not where this deal ends. This deal will give Travis Link some leverage for whatever else he has in the works for, so he's looking at the bigger picture. So right now, I know some people are scratching their heads, even though we all know the reality of it is that in all likelihood, it was going to be Cam Reddish because we mm -hmm. actually thought this was going to go down potentially draft night, right? And a lot of people mm -hmm. walked away from draft. Wow, Cam Reddish is still with the Hawks? Oh, okay. So this has been something that's been brewing for a minute. And like you said, oh buzz comes up about John Collins, buzz comes up about Danilo Gallinari being a part of a package deal. So there are definitely some pieces to this that don't shock anybody except maybe Solomon Hill because he low-key, now that that guy had some dog in him. You know, maybe mm -hmm. didn't have that skill level at the highest, but certainly the dog was there. So uh, certainly it was kind of disappointed, shocked, but understand because that's a piece. 
-hmm. give it to the Knicks to get what it is that you want. But again, I think this is, and I'm going to say Travis Link, maybe in his mad scientist, you know, coat, and he's in, in the in the lab cooking up something that's going mm -hmm. to impact the Hawks in a bigger way. And I'm just sitting and I'm going to give him an incomplete grade right now because I'm waiting to see what the next part of this move is going to mean for the Hawks for the end of this season, but on through for years to come because he comes from the pedigree of the Warriors where it's not just about building for the now, even though we do want to win now, he's looking at how to build this into a, there you go, exactly, contender. And what do we need to do right now, even if it's taking what looks like an L on the surface or what's making people scratch their heads or they're wondering, wow, did the win this or did the Knicks win this? And maybe the Knicks won this deal in the short term because they get Cam Reddish and, you know, they're ready to see if there's more production than promise and they're getting him back with RJ Barrett and they're building up, you know, their cadre of, of young wings, which is great. And people are wondering if the Hawks won, the Hawks are going to win eventually with this. I'm just here for it to see how it plays out. I know that's right. You and me both. And there's yeah. still so many layers to the onion to uh, peel off. And I think that you're spot on with saying incomplete until uh, you know, uh, until we find out a little bit more further, don't forget Cam Reddish being that same player that also helped that trade happen. Yes, the dockage for uh, for Trey Young, and indeed, I think the the consensus will probably agree that um, everybody kind of somewhat in a roundabout way knew or felt like um, you know the best of what we would see from Cam Reddish, unfortunately, would come when he's not in a no longer in a Hawks uniform. So I think that that's another piece. It takes different people, different time yeah. to develop. Um, Tanitra, listen, we're going to have to get you back on here um, yes. sometime within, you know, at least the coming weeks up to like 30 days or somewhere right up in that range so that we can kind of assess where things fell with this whole trade and who, yes. you know, what came of it and things like that. And I definitely have the opportunity to, of course, text you and be able to ring your phone. Hopefully see you in oh, State yeah. Farm Arena again sometime really soon when I'm not as busy doing yes. some of the other things that I've been busy doing. But I do want to tell you, I do appreciate you for joining me for this oh, particular same. segment. Oh, same. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, and uh, blessings, prosperity to you. Again, very, very proud of you and Thank very you. happy to see uh, you in your element. And uh, I know that you're going to do great things. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, man. And go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go get it. We there still go. got a Where lot of ball to be there played. There you go. I saw a lot of people during the postseason that ran out there wearing they red and talking a whole lot about the Hawks. And then you tend to disappear. Don't be one of those fans that people outside of Atlanta point the finger at for being <laughs> that type of fan. Stay Indeed. down, true to Atlanta, believe when they're doing good, be right there when they're not doing as nearly as good. Yes. Um, that's my girl, Tanitra Batiste, right there. And I do appreciate her for uh, for coming in uh, and, 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 and joining me here uh, on the set and just uh, being here to kick some knowledge around as an in-game analyst. I'm so proud of her. Nobody more proud of her than I am. I promise you that um be on alert coming up we're going to be doing takes take tuesdays coming up um part of next week and trying to get back into some more college basketball obviously now we're done with all that football stuff that football garbage um and doing some more nba things as well so right now on the surface though things are starting to kind of 
going the way that we want them to again here with the program. And I just appreciate everybody for being a consistent and loyal uh, listener and watcher as well. At Tate's Take Hoops on Twitter, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag where basketball lives. And um, remember to go and subscribe anywhere you find your favorite podcast, um, including make sure that you leave us a nice little review. Uh, if you are enjoying this content, be sure to let us know. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you guys for coming out and uh, hope that you enjoyed this episode. So until next time, episode number 103 with 102 in the books. See you on the minutes.